Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife as always, Liberty, and it feels like we've been gone for a while. Well, we took a week off thanks to the holidays and now we're back and of course I have a cold. What else is new? I feel like every couple of months. Every time we take a break for some reason you come back and you just like sniffles and just phlegm everywhere, head cold. Ugh. I can't decide if I have like a sexy raspy voice or if I sound like a whiny child. Well, I don't think you sound like a whiny child, but I don't know that you're quite with the sexy voice either. You're kind of like in that weird I'm sick sound. You don't think this is sexy? To clarify, sweats, oversized coat to stay warm because of being sick, and raspy voice from being sick. So, But the medication is working because I no longer have snot dripping out of my nose. So like, sexy is on the way. <laughs> We're on the up and up. On top of that, we've been kind of in like a little bit of a chill. Like I was checking the weather this morning in the different places we've traveled to recently. Mm-hmm. And we were colder than it was in Chicago and in Pittsburgh and in Washington, D.C. And I'm like, what is going on with the world? It was 19 degrees this morning when I got up to go get us breakfast. It was like 85 last week. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was like in the 70s three days ago. So it's like, what the hell is going on in Texas? But we'll start off with a little bit of catching up on hockey because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of everything, but when it comes to hockey, it's got the most amount of COVID news, at least from my notes. And my additions. So Mm -hmm. starting off with a bang, like literally just about two or three days ago, the Ontario government have announced that indoor sports venues will have a new capacity limit set to a maximum of 1,000 people. That is like... Less than 10% of most arenas in Canada? Right. That's not good. That's a very bad sign when you're at like 5% capacity. Right. In response to this change and other Canadian provincial changes to indoor sporting event attendance maximums, the NHL has postponed nine games to be rescheduled at a later time from Canadian broadcasting. And that just happened recently? Oh yeah, that happened yesterday. Okay, because before yesterday, I think it was something like 70 games were postponed, and now there's nine more. Yeah. Yikes. Like, everyone was talking about how they want this season to end at, like, roughly a normal time, so all the things that happen post-season can happen on time, so it'll just be a normal season in 22-23. Even with the break in February being filled in with games, I really don't know that they can make up almost 80 games in that time frame and maintain like a normal season and postseason. We'll see what they figure out, but for obvious reasons, I'm not playing in the Olympics was kind of an important thing, but it's going to be weird. Do you watch the Olympics or do you watch the regular NHL season going on at the same time? Because like, it's just kind of a weird crossover. Like you can see the future of the youth, I guess. And, like, professional players from other leagues in the world, but it won't be including the NHL. I think it just depends on what kind of hockey you prefer. Yeah. And so, like we were kind of alluding to, it was determined while we were gone that the NHL players aren't going to be allowed to participate in the 22 Beijing Olympics. It was based on the regular season being disrupted due to COVID and them having to cancel a bunch of games and basically extending the holiday break Because I think starting on Wednesday, December 22nd was everyone had to stop playing games the day before. So they had the 22nd through the 27th or whatever for all teams. But a lot of teams still had canceled games up to the new year. 
Like, my team didn't play from the 20th until the 2nd, I think. So that's almost a two-week break. Yeah, we played on the 21st, and I think we played on, like, the 28th or the 29th. So, And then we haven't. So, you know, we've had one game since that break. Yeah. So because of all of this, the league decided to fill in that time with those games that had been disrupted. But the league still hopes that they'll be able to participate in the Olympics for 2026 because when the CBA was negotiated so that NHL players can be in the Olympics, it wasn't just for this next one. It was also for the one after that. But of course, it was also stated in the CBA that that can be taken back because of COVID. And it is. But in my notes, I said, who knows at this point, we might be dealing with the gazillionth variant in 2026. You'll never know. I'll know in 2026. Uh, It's a couple years down the road, to say the least. So just keep our eyes open for it. But the break was scheduled February 3rd to 22nd for the Olympics and the 22 All-Star Weekend. Now instead, there will still be the All-Star Weekend on the 4th and 5th, I believe. It's only two days. And then they'll also be trying to make up or start to make up over, I guess now, 80 games that have been postponed so far. Fun times. It's going to be a great time in the NHL just forcing along all this makeup games. The logistics of this is insane because the teams all had a travel schedule that was disrupted. And then now you have to figure out how to do a travel schedule for each team and who they're going to be up against and all of that. But also, like, three weeks is not a lot of time. And they're not even going to have a full three weeks. It's more like two weeks to make up games, they're going to have to extend the regular season. It's just, it's going to come down to how many teams and how many games they have. Because obviously with 32 teams, 80 games isn't quite as much, but that's almost three games each. Like, you're getting up to those numbers, so. And I think pretty much all the teams have a game to make up, but some have more than others, obviously. Right. So because of that, you're not going to be able to do a ton of games in the two-week time period that make up for the 80 games. And so they're going to have to extend the regular season or play less than 82 games this year. And they're going to have to figure out how to factor all that together, especially when trying to determine how to do the playoffs this year. It's going to get pushed back, obviously. That's what I'm thinking. But I hope it doesn't get pushed back too far. I don't think it's going to like disrupt the off season as much as like past years where all these delays have like pushed them back months. Yeah. I, you know, we'll probably see it get pushed back like an extra two or three weeks possibly, which isn't I think so bad. It also depends on how the rest of the regular season goes. Uh, that's true. And because of getting back to the fun COVID times, the NHL and Players Association agreed to have temporary taxi squads for COVID. The agreement came the day after Christmas and included changes to the CBA to address issues related to the ongoing pandemic. Clubs will be permitted to form taxi squads on a temporary basis from December 26th through the final game prior to the scheduled date for the 22 All-Star break. So the last game they have before they go on the All-Star break. Clubs will be permitted to assign a maximum of six players to their taxi squad, which feels low to me. Well, last year they were able to have a player at every position. So, yeah. like, it's, I guess just a hair more than that, I guess, in reality. Like, it's roughly the same, right? Six players? Yeah. Five on the ice, one goalie? I'm just thinking you're going to introduce these other players in a system that is dealing with COVID, and then they're going to get COVID. 
Well, we're actively seeing that in the NBA, so. Yeah, so. All these 10-day contract players that are being added to the rosters and then three days later testing positive. It's like, what did you expect to happen? Right. But there were a few other CBA changes when they did this. A club will be permitted to recall a player using the roster emergency exception with an average amount that is no more than $1 million. There are other caveats to this, but it gets kind of hairy. But basically, they can use the roster emergency exception now. But you can't pay them more than a million. Well, that's fair. Most of them are minor leaguers, so it's really not going to be too bad for them to try to add a player for under a million. If a club has fewer than two goaltenders on its active roster who are able to play in the club's next regular season game due to injury or illness, it will be allowed to recall a goaltender immediately. There there was some rule like you had to play a game down or something before you could call up a goaltender or something, and now you don't have to do that. Okay. That kind of makes sense, and I feel like that rule probably should have been in place Anyways, this whole season. Right. Yeah. And Also, in terms of things that have gotten canceled, the IIHF World Junior Championship was canceled on Wednesday, December 29th due to COVID concerns. The decision was made after the U.S., Czechia, and Russia were forced to forfeit games due to players testing positive for COVID because, of course, the U.S. is involved in that. So the U.S. had... Two players test positive, and that's all required in the IIHF to force you to forfeit a game? I think Russia only had one, and they had to forfeit. But they had one coming in as well to the beginning, so you get dosmas opportunities, basically. Okay. But apparently, the way they did it was they had each country determine what protocols they were going to have in place for their teams coming into the whole thing. And they said, yeah, that was probably a bad idea. No kidding. The reality is they should have flown everybody there, bubbled them for about 14 days, and then started the tournament. Or if you believe the CDC, five days. Yeah. Get back to work. The NHL and NHLPA have agreed to modify COVID protocols for the league. The isolation period has been reduced to five days after a positive test for fully vaccinated players and staff. The change was made in response to the new isolation guidelines that we were just making jokes about a few seconds ago uh, for COVID-positive individuals issued by the CDC. However, all personnel will still have to comply with health and safety regulations in their jurisdictions. Specifics of the changes to the protocol after a positive test include isolating for only five days Mm -hmm. if you're vaccinated. If fever uh, is present, continue to isolate until fever resolves without fever reduction medications. If asymptomatic, you can leave isolation and return to practices and games, provided the following conditions are met. Lab-based PCR test is negative. That's kind of a no-brainer. Right. Uh, Medical clearance from club physician. And then individuals continue to wear a mask around others for five additional days other than for practices and games. Yeah. I mean, at least you have to wear a mask, but I still don't like this. Yeah. They're kind of like, we see you, CDC, but we're going to add a couple more... steps well and like it also specifies that like wherever you're at has the higher determining factor so whatever is the stricter of the two you have to follow right so i completely agree with that part of it just the five days is icky i don't approve i've had this cold for like three days still wouldn't want to go around playing games in two days i could understand that Though I am also not a professional athlete, so, obviously. You don't say. Five foot two, you're not a professional athlete? 
I could be a professional limbo player. You don't know. <laughs> the professional limbo league? Yeah. The PLL? If it doesn't exist, it should. <laughs> In other player news, our favorite penguin turned Kraken, Brandon Tanev, is out for the rest of the season for the Seattle Kraken with an ACL injury. He was injured in the game against the Edmonton Oilers on December 18th. The Kraken said that additional information on his surgery and recovery will be released when available. So, like, they don't know too much of this part. Yeah, it's always rough to see players like that go down because, like, he's been literally the face of that organization. So, it's just... I think he was, like, third in goal scored for the team, which, I mean... They're not doing too great, but still, he's number third for your team. Number three for your team. (laughs) Number third. Look. Cold brain. Listen. Yeah. Also this week, Max Pacioretty is out indefinitely for the Vegas Golden Knights after he had wrist surgery on Thursday, December 30th. Happy New Year, new wrist. (laughs) Well, yes. Happy New Year, new wrist repair. It sounds like they expect him back by the playoffs if the team makes the playoffs, which they might still do. Like, the West is so ugly right now when it comes to how close teams are to one another. The West, I feel like, always takes the longest to figure out who's making the playoffs. So, they could. So, it sounds like the East just has blowout teams and then just garbage other teams. Whereas in the West, everybody wants a chance at the championship. Are are we going to have, like, a conference fight? Whose conference is the best? Maybe. Can we wait until my brain isn't so foggy? Sure. Okay. That's fair. It's a fair request. I thought you might like to discuss the next bit of player health because you actually watch this happen when you watch this game. I do and I don't. So. Well, I mean, you kind of need to. Yeah. So Tanner Carroll uh, was taken off the ice on a stretcher after the Dallas center was hit by Chicago Blackhawks forward Brett Connolly uh, during the game at American Airlines Center in Dallas on Saturday, December 18th. He was alert and responsive, but was taken to the hospital for precautionary measures and evaluation. This is at least according to the team. I didn't actually watch this happen, but the team says that he was alert and responsive when they were carting him away. He moved his arms and was like trying to be like, hey, thanks everyone, type waves. Connie was initially assessed a major penalty and game misconduct for the interference. We will talk about it in later news about how long he was penalized for by the NHL. Like, it was a dangerous hit. I'm not going to argue that. Like, it's at the same time, Tanner Caro turned up the ice, head down, and as he did so, so it's not like he... Like, Conley was like, I'm going to knock the head off this man's shoulders. But at the same time, Conley had space to get out of the way of said dangerous hit, and he chose not to. Which is why he got a stern talking to and some penalties. Correct. And so, like, watching these, it's always so hard to watch because, A, you feel bad for the injured player, but, like, you also, if it's your guy, you're like, I I don't want you to be in trouble, but you really do deserve this. And the thing is, like, I... If, if there's a player that does it, even if it's on my team, who has, like, a history of doing things like this, I 100% will call them out. Yeah. Conley has no history of this. He's been suspended twice in his NHL career before this. Not related to the same thing. So it's just, like, I feel bad for Tanner Caro because, like, again, dangerous hit. He could have never played again from this hit because of the way his head hit the ice when he came back down. It's basically where his body landed 
Like, the back of his head is what made contact with the ice first. Right, yeah. And so he very well could have ended up being paralyzed for the rest of his life. And I'm glad that's not the case because, God, I never want one of my players to be the one that does something like that to somebody. Or for that matter, to see somebody ever go through that process in the NHL because it's a dangerous sport. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The NHL does the best that it can to make it safe. But at the same time, things like this are still going to happen. Well, here's the thing. He was a vulnerable player because, like you said, he wasn't looking. No, he had his head down. And then you're in a position where you can see that and you have time to adjust and you don't. That's a choice. Right. That is not an instinct. That is not a reaction. That is a decision that you were making. And so I think you should be in trouble for it. You should have penalties. You should miss games. I agree. I'm not arguing that in the slightest. I, I, I think the fact that there was an opportunity to then go, I can avoid this or lay the hit somewhere else on him. You know, like it was a shoulder. You can adjust. It was a shoulder to chest hit. So like by definition, a clean hit, but because he was a defenseless player, it was no longer a clean hit. Yeah. And that's where he should have realized, hey, maybe I try to play the in front of him, the motion where he's going and take the puck away from him rather than clobber him to the ice. Yeah. So in turn, he's going to get penalized for this. And like, I can just imagine like hit the back of his head hitting the ice and like the sheer like fear that everyone watching it probably felt. Yeah. And he himself probably felt. Right. But in better, brighter news, the Minnesota Wild have signed a multi-year contract extension with their head coach, Dean Evason. Uh, the terms were not released about this, just multiple years. I but thought it was three years, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have foggy brain. I don't know. I tried to find about four articles, and they all said the terms weren't discussed. So oh, maybe okay. you found one I didn't, possibly. Um, but it also included multiple members of his coaching staff as well. So everybody got a little bit more of time as a head coach or assistant coach or video coach or all the different positions that were given those extensions. But in other news, uh, in brighter news for the Blackhawks, because we'll get to the negative stuff last, the Chicago Blackhawks hired Bridgette Laquette, making her the first indigenous female scout in the NHL. She was also the first member of the First Nations in Canada, which is what they call like, the American Native Indian American. people with the Native Americans. She was the first member of the First Nations to play for the Women's Canadian National Olympic team back in 2018. So That's cool. She's doing a lot of firsts for her people, which I think is great. She was added on last year during an issue that they ran into with scouts getting COVID all over the place for the Blackhawks. And basically, our senior VP in charge of our scouting was like, she checks all the boxes. She seems like she's a really great addition. Let's hire her on. And so she got her first full season contract this past week. We'll see how she does. Hopefully she does some good recruiting. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll find some cool First Nation players that nobody's ever heard of. That would be cool. That would be super dope. And then I know you hate talking about this guy. Look, he sneezes. People want to report it. It's annoying. But let's go ahead and talk about it because it's technically news. Alexander Ovechkin passed Dave Ondrachuk for most career power play goals Friday night against the Detroit Red Wings. This was his 275th power play goal. Uh, what's crazy about it is the in-game scorer for the game itself originally placed it as an even strength goal because it came at the end of a power play. However, he was superseded by the official NHL scorer post-game. Basically goes through, watches the game, makes sure everything is done right. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
He scored the goal with one second left on the power play. That counts. So 275th power play goal. And post-game he was interviewed and asked about how exciting it was to have scored the 275th career power play goal. And he was more along the lines of, what? When did that happen? When did it happen? Because he thought he scored it in regulation. Yeah. Like a five-on-five regulation-style power play. So, or no longer power play. So it was just kind of weird for him of a moment, needless to say. I thought you'd appreciate that little tidbit of like, he thought he had it and then he was robbed. And then he was giving it back again. I would have liked it if he would have thought he had it and then he was robbed. And that's the end of the story. Yeah. But he's going to be someone that every time he sneezes, we're going to report about it. And that's just the kind of player he is. And that's just the kind of reporting he gets. One day he won't play for the NHL anymore and it'll be some other dude I don't like. Yeah. The reality is like the next threshold for him is so far away at this point with scoring related things that like... We're probably not going to hear about much other than the, like him reaching thresholds of like total numbers. There was an article that I read that was Gretzky going, yeah, he's probably going to pass my scoring record. And it's like, did he do something recently? Or were you just asked this so many times that you finally answered it? Because like the second one. Noth- nothing new happened besides the power play goal. Well, and the reality is now Gretzky, he does analyst type work now for TNT and TBS. So the reality is... He has to talk to he people more. He has to talk to people more than he usually did. So he's more present to these types of questions, I would imagine. And then ending it on the bad news that we discussed earlier, Chicago Blackhawks forward Brett Connolly has been suspended for four games without pay for interference against Dallas Stars forward Tanner Caro during the game on Saturday, December 18th under the CBA. And based on his average annual salary, Connolly will forfeit $70,000, mm-hmm. which is due... He didn't contest it. He's not trying to lower the amount of games. He realized what he did was wrong, so he's taking ownership of it, which is better than most hockey players who are like, well, let me appeal it and play while the appeal process goes on. You can't appeal if it's five games or less anyway. So he couldn't appeal it anyway if they wanted to. That makes sense. Look at me knowing crap. (laughs) She's sipping her Gatorade (laughs) from her metal cup like, look at me. Look at it. Yeah. I'm better at sports than you are. You're better at knowing weird NHL rules than I am. No, I'm better at sports than you are. All it only sports. took a year and nine months, but I'm better at sports than you are. Because <laughs> you knew the one thing. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's all it takes. Yeah. Moving into the NFL, there is, of course, also COVID news because they and their Players Association have agreed to modify COVID protocols and cut the standard isolation period after a positive test for asymptomatic individuals from 10 days to 5 days. But this time, regardless of vaccination status, because they're idiots. But I mean, they don't even know when someone has been vaccinated or not. So, like, how could they tell? That's completely fair. They uh, Antonio Brown came back last week from his little stint of being punished for giving the fake vaccination card. Yeah. And a uh, news reporter asked him about how his time away was due to said thing. And he was just like, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about the game. If you have questions about that, you can ask my publicist, basically. Like, I'm not here to answer those questions. You know what you could have done in your time away? Gotten the vaccine. Yeah. The, the best part about it is that he went on about a 10-minute rant to avoid other questions about it. So it was just like, wow, man, you just... Is he the helmet guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I hate this. Guy. So, like, he basically even at one point blamed the press for the way he looks. And I'm like, no, dude, the stupid things you do are what makes you look bad. 
like, thought you meant like how he looks physically. I'm like, I don't know how you got there. No, but. the stupid things he does is yeah. how that happens. You know, like he had the sexual assault allegations that went on for a little while as well this past off season. And so it's just like, you're just a bad guy. Yeah. Like that's why you get bad press because he's, you're a bad guy. He's one of those bad guys that goes around like, talking about what a nice guy he is, and then he's just a garbage fire. And, and he goes, I'm not worried about the things that you guys make me look like. And he goes, I just come out here and try to give 100% every game. And I'm like, dude, everybody in your locker room knows you're a bad guy, okay? They mm-hmm. just don't tell you to your face. They should. They really should. <laughs> should get started. But back to the news. Yes, I'm sorry. The change in protocols was made in accordance with the new guidelines from the CDC. The updated protocols also state that meetings are only permitted outdoors or in a practice bubble while practicing social distancing, mandatory masks indoors, and a maximum of 15 players in the weight room at any given moment, and individuals are not permitted to eat together, but also only have to be away for five days. Yeah, but so dumb. the argument is the CDC is backing this, so like they, they're not taking liability because of it. I personally think doing the thing... That is stricter is the better choice. If you want to keep your season on track, and if you want to play all your games, and if you want to do your postseason, you need to do what is the strictest thing. I don't care what someone else says. You should be doing the strictest thing. But what's the concern? The NFL came out and said they were going to punish organizations, and they've done nothing of that this season. So, like, But it would be better for the NFL if they're able to play a full season and postseason because you know how much money the Super Bowl makes. So, like... Billions with a B. It, yeah. it makes no sense to go to a less strict protocol, especially considering all of the variants that we are still dealing with in the U.S., and especially given what's been happening with every league having to have, like, backup squads and being able to call people up. And, like, it's very stupid of them to lighten restrictions. I don't disagree with you, but I understand where they're coming from, too. So kind of in that weird middle ground. Aren't you always? What's new? Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, when it comes to player health, have placed wide receiver Adam Thielen on the IR after he underwent season-ending ankle surgery to repair a previous injury that was aggravated during last Sunday's game. So he's had surgery on the ankle before okay. and then thought that he was back to 100%. So did his doctors. Clearly, that's not the case if he has to go back for another surgery related to the same thing. They're saying if the Vikings do make the playoffs, he would be back in time for later games in the playoffs. So we'll see how long he's actually out. How far did they get into the playoffs last season? They didn't make the playoffs last season. Okay, so that tells you about how accurate that uh, prediction is. Yeah, they're basically all sitting around the press conference with their fingers crossed, like, come on, guys, let's do it. Yeah. My notes for injuries for player health in the NFL are very short, but we'll run through them very quickly. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin is out for the season with a torn ACL and torn MCL. Talk about an overachiever. Yeah, that's kind of rough to have an injury like that. Your whole knee got rocked. It was great. Double whammy. Yeah. I don't know if it was great for him, particularly not great. The New York Giants have placed quarterback Daniel Jones on IR with a neck injury, which is effectively ending his season. They have speculation about him coming back late into the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, did, 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 no. Well, I can tell you right now they're probably not going to make the playoffs just because the Bears are currently beating them 14-0 to in the first quarter. So, If the Bears are beating you, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> you really don't. Andy Dalton is our quarterback. You don't belong right now. 
Jaguars running back James Robinson has suffered a torn Achilles tendon during the game against the Jets, and he currently has no timeline for return. It's Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Yeah. Look at me go. I know two things. But I knew that one. (laughs) I didn't say I knew two things you don't know. I just know two things. It's amazing. I would hope you know more than two things. With this cold, you're lucky I can even sit up straight. (laughs) The Eagles running back, Miles Sanders, won't play in the game against Washington in Week 17 due to a broken bone in his hand. They're talking about him still playing after that game, though. So it's a broken bone in your hand. I know you're running, but don't you have to do more than running in a running back position? You have to hold on to the ball, which would be complicated, I feel like, not having used to one of your hands. I, I thought so, too. Yeah, so, like, it, on the defense, I've seen it done a lot because they'll just put, like, a cast over the entire hand, right? So, like, it's like a club, more or less. They have to make it soft on the exterior so, like, you don't beat somebody to death with the club on your hand. But, like, I've seen players play like that before. I feel like that'd be even worse than Helmet Guy if he came at you with his giant club hand. <laughs> yeah. The reality is, though, like, at running back, I feel like it'd be very hard to hold on to the ball if you had, like, a nubby club hand. Yeah. Like, you just, let me, let me take that ball from you, but I can't close my fingers around it. So it'd be interesting to see how they end up putting that uh, cast on him. Uh, there was some playoff spot clinching that went on this past week, and then some division clinching spots as well. The NFC seems to be the picture that's closing up the fastest, so only eight teams make the playoffs. Uh, As it sits right now, there are five teams that have clinched playoff spots in the NFC. So the Dallas Cowboys clinched their division, the Packers clinched their division, and the Buccaneers have clinched their division. The NFC West is still up for grabs. Uh, It's more than likely going to be won by the Rams or the Cardinals, who both have the exact same record against one another this season, as well as for the season. So they're definitely in the playoffs. They're, they both clinched a spot. It's just a matter of which one who's going to win the division. Um, in the AFC, it's a little more exciting. It's kind of like the West in the uh, NHL world. Everybody's really much, pretty much on top of each other record-wise. Like, there's only been one team that's clinched a playoff spot, and they've clinched their division. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, which is pretty crazy because they started out one and four, and they've won their division. So uh, they haven't lost a game since. So it's kind of a pretty solid run for them. And then on the downer news of the week, and I know that football fans everywhere are hurting a little bit from this one just because we all can relate to a John Madden story. John Madden passed away this past Tuesday morning unexpectedly at the age of 85. He is a Hall of Fame coach for the Raiders. He took the Raiders to seven AFC title games and won the Super Bowl with the team in 1976. He was their head coach for only nine, or sorry, ten seasons. He was also the defensive coordinator for San Diego State University, which is something that a lot of people don't know. Between the years of 1964 and 1966, so before he ever got a shot in the NFL as a coach, he was the defensive coordinator for San Diego State, which is kind of a cool little piece of San Diego history that I think most people don't know. He has the highest career win percentage amongst coaches with more than 100 career wins. His career win percentage of .759 was where he ended his career as a head coach. His final record as a head coach was 100 wins, 32 losses, and 7 draws. I'm sorry, it's still a little weird that that happened 7 times out of like 150-ish. Yeah, it's pretty intense because that basically means either each team matched each other for field goals and then didn't score a touchdown in the entire overtime quarter. So 
It's interesting. But in uh, his sports broadcasting days, he won 16 Emmys for Outstanding Sports Analyst slash Personality, and he covered 11 total Super Bowls for four separate networks during his broadcasting career from 1979 to 2009. That's a pretty long broadcasting career for someone who used to play sports. Yeah. A lot of people say that he retired too quickly because he only played 10 years as a head coach or was a head coach for 10 years. Everybody kind of expected him to go longer than that, but then he was just like, no, I want to be around my family a little more. He's kind of always been a family guy, so it makes sense that he'd step away for that reason. And broadcasting him allowed him to do that. A fun tidbit that I learned today is John Madden was claustrophobic. I didn't know that. Uh, would never fly to any of the games. He had his own personal bus. And the reason he did broadcasting is because CBS allowed him to have a contract that included a bus to drive him from game location to game location. That takes so much longer, though. The reality is, though, there's a game a week, you know? That's so, true. It's very different than the NHL. Right. They'd have plenty of time to bus him wherever they needed him to be. Yeah, true. But moving on to the MLB and some lockout news, because there's just a little bit of it. So the MLB Players Association announced that there have been no responses from the MLB owners related to the lockout since December 1st. Yankees reliever Zach Britton uh, was quoted while on the Chris Rose Rotation podcast saying, You can't negotiate against yourself. Nobody would do that in the business world, right? If you are negotiating a deal. He later said during said podcast that the players were even willing to negotiate on Christmas Day if the owners wanted to talk. Zach Britton actively sits on the MLB Players Association's subcommittee responsible for negotiating on behalf of said fellow players. And that's weird to me because I had discussed last week, if you'll remember, that it had come out that the MLB Players Association and the MLB met on Thursday, December 16th. They discussed what they called non-core economic issues. So they were discussing things that had nothing to do with the real reason they went into a lockdown. So maybe they That's haven't like gotten a response about those things. The but key they, things, yeah. But they have met. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of deteriorates that sort of Well, I think thing. both sides are pretty pissed off at each other at this point. So, like, conversation is not flowing the way it should be at this m- moment. And yeah. Like a lot of analysts were saying that it's not going to be that bad, but boy, it's looking pretty ugly right now. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think everyone's trying to be positive and say, oh, we'll have the preseason, we'll have spring training, we'll have the regular season. But in reality, it's probably not going to start until like we're getting up to the NHL playoffs, more Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Which is like late April, early May for those who don't know. Hockey playoff times. And then in other news, uh, Shohei Otani has won the AP Male Athlete of the Year for 2021. He's the second Japanese player to win said award. The first was Ichiro Suzuki. So uh, the guy that basically was the idol for Japanese players coming to America. So still kind of cool. I'm surprised it's that small of a number. Because I feel like every time we go to a game, there's one or two players. From Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Becoming more and more common, that's for sure. Yeah. The last bit of MLB news is that Kyle Seeger announced on Wednesday, December 29th, that he's retiring from the MLB after 11 seasons with the Mariners. His whole career was with the Mariners. It was apparently a surprise because he's 34 years old at third base and he had a good 2021 season. 
so no one really expected him retire? Because normally you retire, why? Because you're getting injuries or you're getting bad. You don't He's norm- neither of those things. You don't normally retire when you're still a good player without any issues. Right. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that the Mariners couldn't get a contract signed with him all of 2021, even while he was a good player? I would say that would hurt my ego a little bit. Like, But if it's about money, you go somewhere else. Yeah. You don't just go, okay, I'm done with the whole league. Yeah. So I feel like there might be something else going on behind the scenes that no one knows about. Or he could just decide, like, he doesn't want to get injured. He doesn't want to end up with lifelong shoulder injuries or knee injuries or whatever. And that would make sense. Whatever a third baseman gets injured with. Not usually too many knee injuries. Ankle injuries? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not the roughest, well, it's the roughest position because the ball gets to you the fastest usually because they literally call it the hot corner for a reason. I didn't know they called it that. Yeah. Your husband played third base and it's it's quick. The ball's there real fast. But the big thing is you, they usually have very quick reaction time, but there's always risk to the ball hitting you, like mm-hmm. in your body. So like cracked bones are usually the most common injury that occurs, which could be anywhere from your head to your toes and Anywhere in between is not a good good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But moving on to the NBA, there's some, like, weird referee news out of the COVID world. Um, I mean, it really shouldn't surprise people, but... Yeah. So the NBA actively carries about 70 officials uh, at any given time through the regular season. Currently, they are without access to 25 of said 70 officials due to COVID protocols. So that's fun. And I made a joke because the NBA allows all these teams to hire 10-day contracts for players. Like, can the NBA hire referees to a 10-day professional contract too? I feel like it would be easier to replace refs, but maybe I just don't know enough about refs. I feel like it would be easier to replace someone who makes calls and just runs up and down the court versus replacing someone who's like been training professionally for a sport their entire life. I would assume there's some type of like union that represents them and maybe that's where it gets hairy like there well, could I'm be sure like you contracts. have to like test to know all the rules and stuff well yeah they're not going to just let me go on the court and be like hey i'm the new referee here guys let's get it going i want a clean game <laughs> i feel like i'd be a good ref yeah i would call everything all the time yeah the game would take 12 hours and then people would boo you off the court <laughs> and i would give them a bow and walk away yes medicated me is fun the other big thing it's been happening everywhere, so it's happened here too, is that on Monday, December 27th, the league announced COVID protocol adjustments in a memo that was sent out to the teams. The biggest change is the isolation periods for players who test positive for COVID. Isolation periods may be significantly shortened down to six days from what has been the customary 10 days, provided that the players are asymptomatic and meet other testing standards. The memo was sent on the same day that the CDC cut isolation restrictions for Americans who catch COVID from 10 days to 5 days. And the changes to the protocol were made in agreement to the NBA Players Association. I just don't know why everybody else is doing 5 days and they're just like, yeah, one more day, 6. Like, I because feel like they, just... they want their players back faster, but they're also concerned about 5 days. Yeah. So they added one more <laughs> like, to feel you better. You know what will make us feel better? One more day. And one to grow on. Yeah. And then moving on to player health and injuries. Nick's Derek Rose underwent ankle surgery while we were gone over the Christmas break. 
He's expected to be out eight weeks or more. He will be reevaluated at the eight-week mark. So we'll see what ends up actually happening if it goes longer than eight weeks. Yeah. And then the one that hits close to home for me, Chicago Bulls guard Alex Caruso was out seven to ten days while we were gone with a left foot sprain. Hasn't really affected our winning streak. We've only lost one game in our last ten. So Knock on wood. Yeah. I don't think your head's made out of wood. Are you sure? At least 5% sure. Yeah. Miami Heat center Dwayne Dedman is expected to miss one to two weeks with a sprained MCL in his left knee. Basically, the team was very happy it wasn't worse than it was. I feel like that's kind of just the summary of most teams right now. If it's not COVID and it's an injury, please be very short. Be yes. very short. Very we need short. you back. Yes. And Paul George of the LA Clippers will be out for a month with a torn ligament in his right elbow. He will rest and be reevaluated in three to four weeks. So it doesn't look like he's going to have any like surgery or anything. Well, that's good. Though if it's torn, I feel like you should. Probably so. And then we move on to the infamous 10-day signings because if we didn't talk about it enough already, here come the player ones. We have six, right? By the looks of it, yes. There, there was more than that. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, they need it, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it, but still. Well, the league requires you to have a minimum of eight players on your roster to play a game, which is crazy because five of them have to be on the court at one time. So you have three substitutes. That just reminds me of when people in my neighborhood would get teams together to play basketball. Yeah. Like, you, you only have what you have. Time to play. The Boston Celtics have signed veteran C.J. Miles to a 10-day contract. The 15-year NBA veteran last played during the 1920 season with Washington. The Celtics also have signed seven-time All-Star and 17-year veteran Joe Johnson to a 10-day contract. And we continue with the Celtics. Yes. The Celtics have also signed Al Farouk Aminu and Norvell Pell to a 10-day contract. So four players in just a matter of days. So does that mean they only had four players? Probably. That really sucks. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks have signed Lance Stevenson and Malcolm Hill to 10-day contracts. Both players competed in the G League this season. As you will remember from last time, Gangster League. Or the minor league of the NBA. The Gangster Gnome League, I think I called it. Yeah. Uh, the LA Lakers have signed Darren Collison and Stanley Johnson to 10-day contracts as well. And then the Miami Heat have signed Mario Chalmers to a 10-day contract. He's been called up from the NBA's G League. The team also signed forward Chris Silva and guard Nick Stauskas to... Stauskas? Stauskas. We sound so much worse when we just sit there and try to translate, like, just say it right. It is what it is. To 10-day deals as well. So everybody's getting some 10-day contracts. The Bulls signed two players at one point, but that was... Just right before our break, and it didn't stop. I'd be hedging to bet that most teams have signed at least one or two players over the last three weeks to 10-day so contracts. where are the G League players coming from now? From, or, the, from the G League. No, where, where are they going to get their players from now that they're all going up to the regular show? Nobody knows. Oh, okay. Hey, well, kid, you want to play in the G League? Yeah. They see somebody playing street ball, you're like, ah, oh, you're not that bad. How about you come play in the G League for 10 days? But I think the most important news in the NBA is the Bulls are the first place team in the East right now. You would think that, wouldn't you? It's It's been rough for a lot of years, but would we have it any other way as Chicago sports fans? I mean, you also had it really good for a couple of years, so like... 
for more than a couple years, the Jordan era as a whole was pretty solid for us. I mean, you kind of had some bad years coming after that. Yeah. Kind of the same situation the Blackhawks are in right now, where it's like, you had a good run, now you suck. Well, also, with the Blackhawks, kind of karma, you guys were very poorly behaved, here's some crap. Well, the poor behavior happened in the first Stanley Cup, so like... It should have happened immediately after, I agree, but that's not always how karma works. Yeah. In fairness, we were eliminated the next year by the Coyotes, so it could be worse. Yeah. As for soccer, and specifically the MLS... The only thing I have, because they're in their offseason, is that the Houston Dynamo have agreed to terms with Paolo Nagamura to be the next team manager. He will replace Tab Ramos, whose contract wasn't renewed following the 21 season. Nagamura was most recently the manager of Sporting Kansas City's reserve team. So this is his first like actual MLS team. That's pretty exciting. I actually have MLS news today because it happened this morning. Okay. FC Dallas star Ricardo Pepe was signed by FC Augsburg uh, this morning for $20 million plus add-ons as well. Dallas is going to receive 10% sell-on percentage based on whatever total dollars were related to his contract. So basically 10% of whatever his final contract is on top of said $20 million will be coming to FC Dallas for the signing rights to Ricardo Pepe. That feels like Dallas is going to have a lot of money. Yeah, so I wouldn't be imagining too hard, but within the next couple weeks, I would say they're probably going to be signing some people because they have money to do things now. Right. Congratulations to Ricardo Pepe, 18 years old. You deserved a contract. I'm just sad you went to Augsburg rather than Bayern Munich because there was an offer on the table from us, but it was less than $20 million. So hmm. uh, needless to say, it was a business decision. Yeah. Enjoy being in 15th place. But, you know, you played for... Maybe he'll help them rise in the ranks. I was going to say, you played for FC Dallas last year. You were second to last. So, you know, it's probably where you're used to being. He's moving on up. Yeah. To third or fourth to last. I'm sorry. (laughs) The dizzying heights of fourth to last. Yes. But we'll go into the top five really quick for the other leagues in the world that have the Premier League right now. Manchester City sitting on top 10 points ahead of the nearest competitor right now. With 53 points. Vile. Chelsea in second place with 43. Liverpool in third with 49. Arsenal in fourth with 35. West Ham in fifth with 34 points. Manchester United actively sits in seventh with 31. So, like, you could make a good jump if you get a couple wins under your belt. Right. And your team has soared to the dizzying heights of... 19th place (laughs) at 11 points. So we're still in relegation. Um, Oh, no. But it is the transfer window for January right now, and our team is without a doubt going to spend money. So we'll just see what we end up doing. Who are you hoping they pick up? Right now, truthfully, we need help on our back line for our defense more than anything because our goals allowed is a little high. And you don't blame the goalkeeper on that? No, the goalie actually, Dubrovka is probably one of the best goalies in the world. I would say probably top six, roughly. So, like, we have a good goalie. We just... Don't put anybody in front of him. Right. Like, LaSalle's is good, but the rest of that back line is midfielders that have been kind of slotted into defensive roles. So it's just not pretty. Look at me looking like I can talk about soccer because it's similar enough to hockey that I have things I can ask you. Yeah. Um, so we're connected right now with Trippier. Uh, he is a player from an English player from uh, Atletico Madrid. Atletico is running out of money, so they need to sell this year. And the reality is we have the money to do it. And you need to buy. Yeah, and we need a 
backline defenseman to go with Lascelles, so it makes sense there. We've been connected with a couple players from your team. Um, Marcus Rashford has been discussed. No. Um, and and that would be a good addition for our front line. Incorrect. Yeah. So Don't take my players. <laughs> We're struggling. You've been Why the, would you? You've been leaving him on the bench, and he's not a bench player. So like, I agree. I think we'd be doing better if he wasn't on the bench. But right. I don't make that decision. Yeah. A German head coach who used to coach with uh, your ex-head coach in Dortmund does. Yep. So uh, either way, I hope to see and talk about some things next week with some signings. And then technically the, the opening day for signing transfer window is tomorrow. So okay, um, we'll probably be tweeting some things, hopefully. And what of the Bundesliga? In the Bundesliga actively, you have Bayern Munich nine points clear of Dortmund with 43 Gross. points. Dortmund with 34 points. Yes. Uh, Freiburg, which is really just shocking to me. They're playing good soccer this year. Uh, 29 points in third place. Last year, they hovered near the bottom of the table. They barely dodged relegation. So it's like... Who are you and where did you come from? Good for you. You know, you made some good offseason moves. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen in fourth with 28 points. Hoffenheim in fifth with 28 points as well. Uh, and then sitting at the very bottom is Firth in 18th place. Stuttgart is like creeping up. They're not in last place anymore. They're in 16th place, which is still horrible for their organization. But, you know, it's better than last place. But I think that pretty much wraps up the Bundesliga and Premier League news. Nothing too crazy going on. Uh, we're in Christmas break at this point in time. So uh, there won't be any games for a couple more days. So. But things will be happening. Yes, over the next week for sure. Make sure you guys give this whole podcast a like, comment, subscribe, all the things that you can do. My brain is very foggy. Also, tell your friends. We like new listeners, so don't just, you know, hoard us to yourselves. Don't worry. We love you, too. We do, definitely, but, you know. And make sure you're checking out our social media. I actually have a social media goal for the year that I'm not discussing because... I feel like if I say it, I'll jinx it. But I do have a goal for social media that I will be doing things. And you can check all of that out if you check out the links that will be in the show notes. And we'll see you guys later in the week for our book episode, which has a lot of wrap up on last year and start of this year stuff. Yes. So we'll talk to you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me about the dream you had last night. It was a few nights ago. I just never told you. Okay. Um. So you know how Barnes & Noble had a 50% off hardback sale? Yes, I feel like I bought the most expensive thing you could buy with the 50% off hardback cover sale. Yes. The next day, I had a dream that they sent me an email saying they were doing 50% off paperbacks for oh. like a week. Yeah. And you're like, man, I should have waited. I woke up like, man, I need to go to Barnes & Noble today. Yeah. And then I realized that was a dream email, which why the hell am I getting emails in my dreams? I don't know, like, you're clearly a grown-up now. I feel like that's the first sign where you just start getting spam emails in your dreams. Because I'll tell you, I, I definitely don't do that yet, so maybe I'm still child at heart. I do not approve. But, you know, when I was your age, I also didn't have dreams about <laughs> emails. So when you catch up to me, maybe you will. You're literally, like, a month and a half older than me. Stop it. Six weeks. Stop.